0: Hey, what's up? Welcome in. How about a little live dog pile podcast with you here on a Thursday night? And it is what? It's Baseball Eve. I guess we can call it that. Kind of like Christmas Eve. It's like Baseball Eve. And for big baseball fans, it feels like Christmas Eve. I know it does for me. And it does also for a special guest that we have coming up here in just a sec, though. I want to welcome you to a live edition here on Facebook and Twitter Periscope, a live edition of the Dogpile podcast presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, Mississippi Land Bank. They are mslandbank.com. So if you're in North Mississippi, anything land-related, buying, selling, just looking around, Anything land-related in North Mississippi, look them up online, mslandbank.com. Listen, I've known them for a long time, and I just don't hesitate to send you their way. Wonderful people, the kind of people you want to meet and you want to do business with. And uh, also, Dogpile uh, presented by Country Pleasing Sausage. Yes, sir. Country Meat Packers right here, a great Mississippi company. If you haven't had Country Pleasing in a while, or if you have never had it, listen, I hate to be that guy, but you're missing out. You really need to check it out. In grocery stores throughout the Southeast, there's no parts, okay, in the in the way the sausage is made at Country Pleasing. It is uh, hand-picked hams and bacons and pork loins. It is leaner. Than other sausages. They make it in small batches for consistency. It's coarse ground. They don't use hickory sawdust. They use hickory logs that they split every day on site. It makes a better smoke, stronger flavor. Hand cut. They mix the spices right there on site, every day fresh. It's just the best. That's country pleasing. And also presented by Nest and Wild, a Mississippi company that is delivering to your doorstep all American-made mattresses. So if you're new to the podcast, listen up. You may be sleeping okay. You may not be. Either way, I know this. You can sleep better on a mattress from Nest and Wild. Go to nestandwild.com. Order your mattress, and if you use this code BULLY20, that's B-U-L-L-Y-2-0, BULLY20, you're going to get 20% off your mattress. I'm going to tell you more about them later. You're going to get 20% off your mattress, and with that code, you'll get a free pillow top mattress, cover, uh, mattress pad as well with your order. It'll be on your doorstep in three to five days, and you just won't regret it. Okay, Nest and Wild, and again, that's nestandwild.com. More on those sponsors in a bit. But right now, let's bring him in. He is at Bart Gregory on Twitter. And if you watch the season opener for Mississippi State Baseball tomorrow, you will see and you'll see him, and you'll hear his voice along with Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory, one half of the out- of left field podcast, new in 2020. And here he is for you on Dogpile. Bart, I'm glad you're a man that stays up late, and I appreciate it here tonight, man. What's up?
1: Oh, not too much, man. Just uh, hey, the kids have gone to bed. And uh, you know how it is. I mean, one of these days we're going to miss it. But uh, sometimes you get that 10 minutes of peace and quiet. It's like the greatest thing in the world.
0: You know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it is. And so, you know, especially here the night before the game. So um, what do you, I mean, kind of what are your thoughts? I think everybody watching this, uh, and I'll see if we, by the way, Russell on Facebook says pride of Nanawaya. Yeah, that's him, folks. Bart Ritter, Downtown. Downtown. Uh, what are you thinking about here on the eve of the season? Less than twenty-four hours from first pitch.
1: You know, baseball is just such a different sport. And 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 here's the thing. I mean, and this is not a situation of 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 tamping down expectations. I mean, this is a preseason top ten team. You've got you know so many guys in your lineup that that are are solid that you that are known. Um, and what they can do, but baseball is just so different. I mean, even if you've had a, a good past and a good track record, you know sometimes you start out slow, sometimes you start out hot. I mean, and it's, it's, you know baseball is just a volatile sport where mm-hmm. you have hot stretches and low stretches. And I mean, you just look at times in, in years past, and we we're looking at this the other day about, I mean, nineteen ninety eight. You're just coming off of a college World Series. You lose your season opener to South Alabama. Uh, you lose your uh, season opener uh against western carolina in 2014 off that 2013 national runner up year and and it's just different i mean because mm-hmm. and you got a right state team coming in so it, it the, the feeling is yes i think this team has a chance to be really special and uh but You know, it's one of those deals of. It's a constant reminder about how this sport is so different than any other, is because it will humble you if if you go in a little bit too overly optimistic.
0: Well, and you know, I think early season baseball, Bart. Over the years on the radio show, there have been times where I feel like I'm you know repeating myself, and not that other people don't realize it. It's just that covering like you know covering a baseball team like you and I do it kind of gets ingrained in your memory and that is man this early season stuff can fool you one way or the other i mean you know what i'm saying like you come 2 weeks into the year we'll have certain opinions of teams and then talk to us in may and we got totally different opinions of those teams you know what i'm saying
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, teams that are that are really good, you think are really good here early in the year, may not turn out to be as good, mm-hmm. uh, and, and vice versa. You know, what happened last year? What we we went twenty five and one in non conference games right, during yeah. the re- during the regular season. And so, what do you attribute that to? Um, you, you talk to coaches, and, and a lot of them will say, "You know what? A lot of that's just pure luck." <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> it's an anomaly. It, but you know, you had the pieces of the puzzle. Don't get me wrong. You I mean you had so many guys. You, you you have to have players make plays, and we did that. Um, but here's the thing I really like about. And it's not as much Chris you from an overall standpoint. I think they play loose, but from a pitching standpoint, how do you lose games against teams in non-conference play? How have we seen it before? It's giving someone something that they didn't earn. It's a walk. It's a hit batsman. It's a it's a you know, two out you know error. It's. Uh, it's, it's, it starts on the mound. Is it a balk? Is it something that kind of allows someone to get something going and create momentum? I thought last year that was one thing that Scott Foxhall and his pitching staff did a great job of, is it It was a situation of if we get ahead 0-2-1-2, we're not going to nibble. We're going to be aggressive, and we're going to come over the heart of the plate. And if you're going to get on base, you're going to make your way on base because you hit your way on base. We're not going to give you walks. And so, if you can carry that over and have that momentum of "Hey, we're going to be aggressive from a pitching standpoint and command the strike zone," uh, you know, people say all the time, "Hey, just throw strikes." Well, all strikes are different, and sometimes you begin to start nibbling at corners, especially early in the season. That's what I kind of figure. I think you'll see a lot of uh, you know JT Ginn tomorrow. You know, using you know using a lot of the plate.
0: Mm-hmm. What about uh, Christian McLeod on Saturday? I I know we probably ought to focus on tomorrow's game, but people are really kind of chomping at the bit to see that kid pitch, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got stuff. I mean, that's the thing about this team is, I mean, you look on the offensive side and you see all these guys – you see Tanner Allen, you see Jordan Westburg, you see Feisce and I mean, you see, you know, just these guys that have had these gaudy stats. And same on the pitching side, you talk about electric stuff. I mean, you've got five guys when they walk out on the field and throw for the first time, and they put the radar gun up on the video board, that people are going to go, "Wow!" Mm-hmm. And JT Ginn's that guy we're going to see tomorrow. But then Christian McLeod is another one of those guys who. Big left-hander, throws hard, has three really good pitches. I mean, and to be honest with you, Matt, I mean, if we didn't have a first-rounder in JT Ginn, you feel comfortable with Christian McLeod being your Friday night guy. So, I mean, he has that kind of stuff. The the thing that's always the unknown is – is this is the first time you're going to pitch in front of grandmas. You know, this is the first time you're going to pitch in front of eyes Mm -hmm. where, you know, people are watching. And so that's a different mentality. I mean, I've seen guys get drafted three times off of bullpen sessions, I mean, a redshirt sophomore year, a junior year, and then a senior year. And then when they get out on the field, they couldn't do anything. And people say, how they get drafted three times? Well, they had the they had the upside, but they just could not translate it to the mound during games. I think he's going to do that, but, uh, hey, it's, it's just still sight unseen.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. So um, did I see today where Coach Lamonis he was talking to he, – he had a media session prior to tomorrow's season opener – And um, at this point, still – or at least didn't announce yet who's going to start at third base?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got the – and that's the positive is, you know, it's not a situation of we don't feel like we have anybody and so let's just start grabbing at people. I mean, you you think you've got three – legitimate guys over there you've got uh, you know James the freshman you've got you know Jordan you've got uh, you know Leggett I mean you've, you've got some guys over there mm. who who can rotate through and give you something different all those guys give you something different and I think this team is really going to defend on the infield Foskey Westberg and then bringing you know, Josh Hatcher in at first base um, I think this team defensively has a chance to be even better than they were last year on the infield. But, you know, it's the same as catcher as well with uh, Logan Tanner and Luke Hancock, those guys he said today, those guys will split pretty much evenly throughout the season. And so uh, um, that that's the positive is I think this team is deeper than what we've seen in years past. You know, in the past couple of years, if you had a guy, the wrong guy go down, you really had some soul-searching to do about who's going to do the replacing because even though it's back-to-back College World Series, you really didn't have as much depth as you would like. I think this team has a little bit more depth than we've seen in the past few years.
0: I had an interesting question today uh, on the radio show. It was uh, my friend Jay in Baltimore, Maryland, who's a huge state baseball fan. Uh, Usually every day on the radio show, Bart, he'll ask us a uh, baseball question. Today it was – Looking for some reasoning behind the switch over there at first base um, for Tanner Allen and the fact that okay, so Hatcher played out in the outfield some last year as a reserve. Allen was a first baseman, and those two are kind of switching. Hatcher's going to be your first baseman. Allen's going to be in right field. So the end. An- I want to give you. I'm going to tell you the answer I gave Bart. I want to know what you think. Um, and I'm. It, this was just observational. And I thought well, one thing could be. That, you know, I've heard Chris Lamona say, well, Tanner Allen runs really well. He runs better than people think. I've heard him kind of interject that in a couple of interviews I've done with him. And then you throw in there the fact that uh, Hatcher um, is, a, is a left-handed thrower and Allen is a right-handed thrower. And not that you – I mean, certainly you can play first base and be a righty, but there's a little inherent advantage in having that left-handed thrower over there at first base And so just those combination of those two factors, I wonder if it just didn't make sense that they fit for Hatcher to be at first and Allen to be in right. What do you think?
1: I've got a deeper answer. I've got a real, I've got a real deep answer and this is almost like grassy and Here's what I think is first of all, Tanner Allen, when he came in here, he was an outfielder coming in and they made him a first baseman, you know, Josh Hatcher came in as a first baseman, and they made him an outfielder. And people ask yourself, you know, you ask yourself, why? Why, yeah. do you, why don't you do that? Why do you move those guys around? Okay, so now let's take a look back at last year's team. Okay, there's there's two guys over the last two years that have played in every single game, Jake Mangum and Tanner Allen, okay? And it comes down to it, who do you really feel more comfortable in wanting in the lineup Every day, it's going to be Tanner Allen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you look at right field versus first base. Which one of those positions do you want consistency? Do you want someone there every single day? I want my first baseman there every day. You know, I can change out right fielders. I want my first baseman taking throws. I want my shortstop understanding what he's throwing to every single day. So, therefore, my thought is this. You know you're going to get Tanner Allen in the lineup. And so all of a sudden, you don't want to play fruit basket turnover with your entire team mm-hmm. because let's think about who else was in right field Elijah Magnummy. So you had Magnummy, you had Rowdy Jordan. Where is it? You know, where is it a crowded place? It's in the outfield. And so you're probably going to be rotating Josh Hatcher in and out more. The constant is Tanner Allen. The more constant position in the game of baseball is first base. That's my thoughts.
0: Yeah. I think you're right about that, you know, and and um you know, the thing about it is even though uh even throughout the year last year, Hatcher wasn't the everyday guy in the lineup. No. Man, when they put him in there, uh, he had times last year where you could uh, the light bulb was just kind of coming on for him at the right time.
1: And and two, and I think that's carried over. I mean, I've always liked Josh. I've always I've always thought, you know, he had a chance to be really good in his and I think, you know, Elijah Magnamy you know, just the, the way he kind of played himself into that role is, is, is one of those things that's kind of, you know, knocked Josh back a little bit and is, is not seen him have as much playing time. Uh, but I, he's had a great fall, great spring. I think he's really going he's a very good defensive first baseman. Uh, I think you're you – know, as I said, I think you're going to get better in the infield. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he's really – he's come a long way uh, hitting the baseball. You know, when he was a freshman, it seemed like all of his power was the other way. It seemed like everything was away. But uh, but but now it's really tough to pitch to him because he could do just about anything with it to play.
0: Yeah. What about that kid behind the plate, um, Tanner, Logan Tanner? I keep hearing whispers of – You know, a lot of positive things.
1: You know, I've heard he's a great receiver. Um, Great receiver, looks the part, you know, has a really good arm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I think, you know, he's just a guy that's going to help the pitchers out a lot. You know, and and the pitchers also have that comfort with with Luke Hancock as well. Um, You know, Luke Hancock is, you know, pretty much steady Eddie back there. You you know what you're going to get. And then you have, you know. Um, Logan Tanner, who's you know who was uh, well beyond his years young guy that, and that's the thing this team has. I mean, you talk about some talented freshmen. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you've got some guys that have a chance to be big time in the next few years, and uh, and and Logan Tanner is one of those guys. Got a couple guys on the mound that got a chance to be really really special.
0: Yes, on the mound, Sims, I think is a name yeah. I keep hearing.
1: Oh yes, sir, yes, sir, and I mean he's just kind of a, a, a you know, you hate to use the, the, the pun a bulldog mentality. I mean, right. he's just a, he's a throat cutter and that's what you gotta have, you know, and and what you sometimes don't see, especially as a freshman coming in, uh, he's aggressive, but he, he's a, he's a calm aggressive. And so, you know, the guy that, you know, I, I never could understand just how he did it was, was Holder, you know, as a freshman, he had that mentality, you know, he had that persona, the long hair and, mm-hmm. you know, the Johnny Cash and all this stuff. And, and you know, you just kind of you have to have a different mentality when you come into close. And he's got a big arm; I mean, a really, really big arm. And so, yeah, it's uh, he—he's definitely he's one of those guys I was talking about a moment ago. Just electric stuff that people are going to ooh and eye ah over when uh, when he comes in. Sarantolos the other, and Will Bednar is another one of those guys that's going to light up the the miles per hour on the video board.
0: Um. And so Sims, his first name, is it? Is it Lucas or is it Landon? Landon, that's it. Landon yeah. Sims. Um, so when we had media day for Mississippi State Baseball, Bart, this was, I guess, heck, I guess it was two weeks ago. It might have been more than two weeks. But anyway, um, the first two players that came into the video room opportunity were uh, JT Ginn, and Tanner Allen, those were the first two that, that kind of just came in there. And and most of the media had gone down the hall to do, you know, print-type interviews and not on-camera stuff. So it was just a few of us. And I, and so because the room was so not populated with people, I was able to hear the answers of the guys even in the interviews I was not involved in. Right. And I heard – that's why that name stuck with me, is because every time they were asked about freshmen on their own, unprompted – both J.T. Gann and Tanner Allen mentioned the Sims kit, and so well. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, they, they you know they have that that Omaha challenge. You know the, the 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 feats of strength in the in the fall. Okay. You know, it's about running. It's about lifting weights. It's all about you know it's it's all about being strong mentally. And and Landon Sims won it. <laughs> I mean, when you have a freshman come in and win the the quote unquote Omaha Challenge, mm-hmm. I mean that that speaks volumes. That'll radiate through a program in a heartbeat when a freshman comes in and does that, especially when it's a guy who throws mid upper nineties and is going to be your you're going to be your closer as a freshman. So, mm-hmm. I mean that's how you, that's how you earn your stripes is working hard, you know, off the field as a true freshman.
0: Bart, um, basic scouting report on right state.
1: You know, it's a—they're a team very similar to us in the standpoint of they lost their leadoff guy. You know, they had JD Orr last year who stole sixty bases. He led the nation in mm, stolen wow. bases. Yeah, a guy that just got on base, figured out ways to get on base. He was a tenth round draft pick by the Marlins. He's gone. Um, they had a Burdick kid out in right field who was a senior. He was a Horizon League Player of the Year. He was drafted in the third round. He's gone. Their best infielder was drafted in the fourth round by the Twins. He's gone. So, I mean, they've got some holes in our lineup. They've got a couple of guys back. They had four guys that stole over 20 bases last year. Wow. So, I mean, this is going to be a team – that's going to try to take some pitches. We talked about going back a minute ago about not giving people something. That's why I said I think you're going to see JT again and the pitching staff just fill up the zone, hopefully with fastballs. It's because this is the team, if you let them on base with a walk, they are going to do everything they can to put pressure on you. It's all about on-base percentage. It's all about walks. It's all about stolen bases. They try to put pressure on you running. And uh, that's that's the thing about Wright State, they uh, they finished uh, they they won their league last year in the regular season. They won their league three of the last four years, but they lost in the conference tournament that they hosted last year. Illinois Chicago ended up going to the to the uh, NCAA tournament, but uh, they won the conference uh, regular season. They won twenty games in their conference last year, um, and I mean their their pick right there with uh, Illinois Chicago again, top two teams. In the uh, in the Horizon League this year, and that's that's not a bad baseball league at all. And so, right. um, what's crazy is they only have six teams in the Horizon League play baseball, and so you play thirty games in conference. So you play a home three game series and then a road three game series with those five teams. And so. How about that? Yeah. But um uh, anyway they're they're just a team that's gonna try to apply some pressure. Yeah. And hey, here's the th- here's the thing too, Matt. I mean, we talk every single year about you know teams coming from the north. I mean, they're coming from Dayton, Ohio. I mean teams in the north don't get a chance to get outside and practice as much. Then they you wonder about live pitching and they have it pitched outside in the cold weather. They've been doing it been doing everything in tunnel work. But, hey, it's the same here this year. It's been, the weather has been an equalizer with all the rain. And so we haven't been able to get outside as much as you normally do here in the south.
0: Yeah, that's true. You didn't think about that. You know, one of the – I know, uh, again, you go back a month ago, Chris Lomonos was really excited that this is actually going to be the first year where they had access to every part of the new facility without, you know, any – um barriers up or anything leading up to the season and then like you say I mean it's just been a daggum monsoon for you know I I can't I was trying to think the other day Bart and this is not exaggerating I think you'd have to go back to November to find at least in my hometown of Tupelo to find two straight days of sunshine
1: <laughs> yeah exactly now the the positive is with the Palmero Center Mm-hmm. And, and with the pitching lab under the stadium and with the you know the cage in the stadium underneath, I mean you get the same number of swings in, so it's not like you know you're picking up a bat for the first time, sure, but it's just a different feel when you get live pitching yeah. and to be honest with you, you know, I think you're going to see j t again on a very short leash tomorrow. I think you're going to see him on a very conservative pitch count i mean it may be a situation where you see j t give four innings uh and I think one of the reasons of that is. And the scrimmages it's just by luck of the draw. The scrimmages that he has pitched in, it seems like it's been cold weather. Mm. And so you're you're not, you know, you're not gonna throw him out there five or six innings on a cold night in a scrimmage. He's your Friday night guy. Um, and so you, you still have to build him up. So I think they'll they'll be real conservative with him over the first couple of weekends.
0: Yeah. As they should be. Now, let's see. Um, Steven Norris on Facebook says, tell my boy Bart, I said, what up? So word. You're getting, there you go, Steven. Word. What is this, 1989? <laughs> We're doing what up and word here on the podcast. Uh, you remember um, – oh, I'll tell you what I was going to tell you, Bart. You you mentioned uh, you know uh, facilities up under the stadium. A guy, an unnamed texture. Text into my radio show today and asked me a question of something I had not thought about in 20 plus years. Oh. The question was it said, Hey Matt, do you remember <clears throat> uh taking a baseball class with Pat McMahon as the teacher of the class? And one day he had to get on to a whole bunch of football players. And if you do remember it, tell the story on the radio. And I remembered it and I told the story. Now I'll ask you, did you ever go through that where you took like the coaching baseball class just to, you know as a part of your no
1: i, I did i did not um i've heard different guys who took that class under mitch thompson who okay. mitch thompson was here under ron polk with uh, steve smith this was back in the mid-1990s and then uh mitch thompson went over to baylor i think he's a head coach at junior college over there right now um and then greg dry actually used to teach that class as okay. well Right. Uh, and so but no i i never took uh i never took the baseball i i would bet did you take that under Pat I,
0: I did i took it and the story bart was i
1: bet that was phenomenal
0: it was great and he was a great guy too and and we actually yes. learned stuff in it it was not just a throwaway class but we would meet it was like twice a week or three times a week and we would meet in the old hitting tunnel um in you know, inside or underneath the grandstands, basically there at Duty Noble, which was kind of on the third base, I'm sorry, on the first base side. Right. You know, the old hitting. T- that's where we would meet for the class. And one day, um, you know, Coach McMahon might have been like, we just got there early or something. There's a bunch of football players, but other people too. But they had left a couple of buckets of balls in there. <laughs> and there were a couple of bats laying around, you know. So before class, we. Picked well, nobody
1: them. told us we couldn't. Yeah. Nobody said we couldn't.
0: Well, that was maybe our excuse, but we picked him up, started having BP and, you know, throwing. And I mean, it, we. And by the time Pat McMahon walked in for the class, it looked like a tornado had come through there. <laughs> There's balls and bats and stuff everywhere. And he became furious. <laughs> and he sat everybody down. Like you say, there's a bunch of people in the class that aren't football players. He's, but we were the instigators, and he's yelling and screaming. And he says, I tell you what, he said, before we even clean this up, we're going to have some of y'all own up to who did this. Here's what we're going to do. We're not having another class. We're not saying another word. We're not going anywhere until the people who did this are responsible for it, own up to it, and get up and walk out. He said, I want you to get up and leave and 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 I want you to come to my office, you can come see me before the end of the week, and we'll decide what to do but if you if you were a part of this, I want you out of here and Everybody just sat still, nobody moved, and so he just sit- he just stood there and looked at us for like what seemed like forever, and then he did it again. He says, "All right, look, I'm not joking; We're not doing anything until whoever did it gets up and leaves, and so everybody's cutting eyes at each other, so I got up. I was the first one, Bart. I just stood up.
1: Good for you.
0: I stood up, got my bag, and I walked out. And I went to his office the next day. I called ahead, made sure he was there, went to his office. I go in Pat McMahon's office, and he says, have a seat right there. I'm sitting down, and I spoke first. I said, Coach, am I in trouble? And he kind of smiles at me. He goes, no, you're not in trouble. He said, I was just wanting (laughs) to see if anybody would just, you know, take initiative and for making the mess he said i actually appreciate you being the first one to get up and get out of there i said (laughs) i said so we're good he said yeah we're good and you know what bart before that conversation was up it 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 wound up with me trying to talk him in to letting me come play baseball (laughs) <laughs> and he was like I t- okay he's like okay well you know if you're really serious about it we'll try it out you know you have to talk to me this at this time of year and you have to do this or you'll have to go through and then that and, the other. and then uh that was early in my career and my my excuse for never following up was we had a coaching change at football we had a different quarterbacks and coach and then everything come in and so i stuck with that but um yeah anyway that was the story you
1: know he's um he's like a He's working down as the Dominican with international players for the Yankees and uh, has been doing that for a while now. And he's been in the Yankees organization for a while. And, uh, hey, he is one of the one of the greatest conversationalists you can possibly have with, with uh, Pat McMahon. Hey, my best Pat McMahon story. Mm-hmm. And this will tell you about Coach Polk, about just you know, <laughs> Coach Polk is he's you know he's ours, he's our Coach Polk, right? And you know, I think they have been the, I think Pat had been here forever, <laughs> and, and Coach Polk used to go to Vegas every year for Christmas, and, and, <laughs> and that year he, and that year he was not going to Vegas, and and Pat was like, you know, hey, listen, Sherry and I want you to come over to the house and have Christmas this year with us, and he's like, sure, I'll, be, I'll do that, and he had been here for like eight years, he's like, so Pat, where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> i mean we're not talking about we're not talking about living in dallas i mean we living in star okay? you've never been over there
0: <laughs> in uh, eight years that's great yeah. that's Man. great uh well i caught a glimpse of the uh i guess the school released it bart uh on twitter today what's going to be kind of the uh, highlight video they're going to play on the video board at the beginning of each game and it culminates with uh, Coach Polk on camera saying, you know, this is Mississippi State baseball. This is Polk Dement Stadium. I thought that was pretty cool. Did you get to see it?
1: Yeah, I, I did see it. And it, it's really it's really good. And, um, you yeah, know, what was the one we had a couple of years ago? Um, you know, we, we kind of – and that's the thing about it. Well, we had one to, a
0: couple of years ago that was about eight minutes long.
1: Yeah, yes. And uh, we had a little dirt on our boots was in the pregame
0: every <laughs> – Every job, pregame. Every day. They played so, boots.
1: And so, if if you're there every single game, by the you know by you know by late March, we're reciting everything because we're there every single game, right. which yeah. is a lot of fun. So, yeah, I did see that's really good.
0: <laughs> we had it memorized. I Man. think Bob,
1: I think Bob Carscadden actually wrote all that stuff yeah. together. You know, yeah. Bob is just phenomenal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has a feel for it too. You know, he's intimate he with the whole program. Um, I bet. Uh, I bet Charlie Winfield tonight is kind of like, you know like that kid when you're in youth league, Dixie Youth Baseball, and you're going to play your first game and you're so excited you you want to sleep in your uniform the night before. I bet Charlie Winfield is sleeping in his SEC Network pullover tonight. What do you want to bet?
1: I'm betting Charlie is at the National Weather Association library trying to determine the temperature <laughs> Of the last ten opening days. <laughs> and you know what? He will find it. Yeah, if right. there's a if there's a guy who's gonna find an obscure stat, mm-hmm. it is going to be tra- he is he is no doubt an attorney. I would there is no way he is going to leave a stone unturned. I can tell you that. Because he'll come in there and he'll say, Hey, did you know this? And it's like mind blowing. Like <laughs> You got – what? I mean, you you took – that took time Mm -hmm. to come up with that. And so, anyway, yeah.
0: You know, I saw where uh, Robbie Falk had that interesting stat about beating Tennessee in women's basketball the other night on Twitter. And uh, Charlie retweeted it, but I could tell there was some jealousy in there from Charlie that (laughs) that he didn't come up with it, you know.
1: You know, I was sitting beside Robbie – when uh, he was sitting there digging through everything I went to Tennessee And we were sitting on press row And Robbie was like I don't think And he was and So I watched Robbie Just absolutely You know just just pour himself into that. He didn't care anything about the game. He was not <laughs> watching the game at all. He was pouring through to see if he could come up with that obscure stat. And I'll tell you what, he worked He worked hard for an hour and a half <laughs> to come up with that stat.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, an hour and a half. In the days of Google, nothing should take us an hour and a half to figure it out. You know, if we can't figure it out before then, who needs it? That's kind of – that's my lazy philosophy, yeah, you know?
1: <laughs> and that's why we have Google up every broadcast we have.
0: That's right, and for the people who are, you know, either watching this live, Bart, or going to listen to the podcast, um, I just want them to know when you come up with these really interesting nuggets of information about the hometowns of the visiting players, it's always <laughs> Googled. <laughs> No, it's not
1: Google. Sometimes it's Wikipedia. sometimes it's Wikipedia.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Same difference. That's right. Matt, you ever been to you know, um, uh, Waikiki, Hawaii? Let me tell you a little bit uh something there.
1: The I beam was introduced in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. You're gonna hear oh. some of those. Thanks, Wikipedia. You better hope Wikipedia hadn't been messed with that particular day.
1: Uh, I know, I know, I know. It's going to catch me one day. <laughs> it's going mean, to get you one day. Yeah, but for I'll sure. admit my mistakes.
0: There you go. So 1 o'clock, uh, first pitch tomorrow, and uh, get to see JT again right out of the gate. Bart and Charlie on the call. Man, I appreciate you, Bart. It's bedtime. Absolutely. You're with me Saturday, Sunday, right? I'll be there uh, Saturday and Sunday, and, and uh nice little segue to plug, but for those of you who are watching or listening, on Saturday, we're going to have a live version of Dogpile Podcast. Saturday before the game and around eleven a.m. at the Mississippi State University golf course. And on Twitter, they are at Hale State GC, and uh, that's where I get all my hats and stuff. It's where I got Man. this fancy uh, M over S pullover that I'm wearing here tonight. And uh, so we'll be there, and then I'll come on out.
1: I don't know who does their ordering out there. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I mean, I don't but whoever does their ordering out there knows merchandise yeah. because it's all it's all solid. Well, solid I think stuff.
0: they do have, you know, several people with input, I, but I also know Adam Scott has a big hand in it. Um, yeah. You know Adam? You getting to know him? Yeah,
1: I do. I, absolutely I know Adam. Yeah. Man, they they do a great job out there.
0: Yeah. They really do and they got some new Pat stuff. In.
1: Yeah, Pat Sneed's always got that golf course. That Let me tell you if if you come to start well I mean, and it, it, when we were in college, we all talked about how that was kind of the, the best golf course in the area, you know, Sands-Waverly. Mm-hmm. But but now, it's it's a it's a really, really good – last summer was as good a shape as I've ever seen that golf course. And I've seen it really good before, too, but it was really good last year.
0: Hmm. It's been a while since – I mean, I hadn't played golf in a long time, you know, letting the back heal up. But, um, yeah, I, I – I always enjoyed playing, you know, and and we did the whole thing in college, Bart, where we would go out there at night and go swimming in the ponds and collect golf balls. Yep. And then we'd take them back, clean them up, and then sell them to our coaches, our football coaches. (laughs) Lynn Amity and those guys would give us like a hundred bucks for a whole sack full of golf balls, you know, a big garbage bag full of (laughs) golf balls.
1: Are Um, you saying you were paid by your coaches? Is that what you're trying
0: to say? Uh, Heck yeah. And it should have been more. (laughs) You know, they got a deal on those things for sure. That's
1: right. That's right. That's Um, right.
0: Well, the last thing I'll send you out on is Nancy on Facebook says he, meaning you, uh, Bart, pulls things out of the hat during volleyball broadcasts as well. If you ever wondered if people are watching the volleyball broadcast, Bart, they are.
1: I know people are. I know people are. You you always got to have, you always want to be interesting. That's the whole key. You yeah. always want to be interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we have fun with it.
0: Rules of broadcasting. Tell the truth, make it matter, and never be boring. That's right. <laughs> right.
1: That, that's right. And if you're going to make it up, make sure that nobody finds out that you made it up.
0: You don't have to know what you're talking about. They just have to think you do. Absolutely. That's, that's it's another. all about
1: all about how you present it. <laughs>
0: that's another rule of broadcasting. All right, Bart. Appreciate you, man. Good night. Hi, right, man. I'm how going you? to bed. All nice. right. See you. Hi, right, man. Bye-bye. That's Bart Gregory, and we'll say sayonara on that one. Really appreciate him coming on tonight. Again, uh, thanks to everybody who supports the uh, Dog Pile podcast presented by Nest and Wild, the great Mississippi mattress company. Get yours at nestandwild.com. Every Nest and Wild mattress is 12 inches thick, not 8 inches, 10 inches like a lot of the ones that – yeah you you're sleeping on now or that you get elsewhere 12 inches thick 100% ma- uh, american made mattresses top to bottom nestandwild.com. order yours it'll be on your doorstep in 3 to 5 days and use code bully20 that's b u l l y 20 for your discount thanks to country pleasing and sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast look for that red hog because i'm telling you it is the best made the highest quality sausage that you can get your hands on. It comes straight from Country Meat Packers right here in Mississippi and Florence. Um, and it's the real deal. I told you this earlier. Here's what you need to know about country pleasing. When you get that brand, the sausage, and put it on your plate, it's it, it's not, it doesn't have parts in it or stuff or other stuff in there. It is hand-picked hams, bacon, pork loin. That's what's in it. And when you taste it, You'll see what I'm talking about. You can tell. It's a leaner sausage because of that. They make smaller batches, better consistency. It's coarse ground. They don't use sawdust for their smoke. It's actual hickory logs that they split them every day on site. It has a stronger flavor, therefore. It's a four-hour smoke process. Hand cut. You see it in the packaging. It's the real deal. A Mississippi company. Support them. That's country pleasing. And always... Thank you to Mississippi Land Bank, Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land at Mississippi Land Bank. They are the kind of people that you want to do business with, whether it's farmland, which they understand that farming is not just the simple life. It's big business and sometimes big spreadsheets and employees and loans. They understand that at Mississippi Land Bank. It could be recreational property, hunting land. Uh, it could be place you a know, place to build that dream home. That's where you need to start. Mississippi Land Bank. Find them online in the branch office nearest you. It's MSLandBank.com. For Bart, I'm Matt. Enjoy opening weekend and hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Dogpile Podcast. And I'll see you next time. See ya!